to the American Experience. I'm your host, Ernesto Palomino. I've, you know, taken a little bit of a break from our last episode, but thankfully, you know, uh, I've managed to uh, kind of get back on the good side of health. There'll be another episode on that little tidbit. You know, I, I wanted to start off this year with a good creative energy, and I managed to kind of corral these uh, two master Jedis that I consider one of my, my influencers, man. You know, for me, being in this uh, creative industry and being blessed enough to be in it for more than 10 years uh, is because of people like the influences that I have had in my life, you know, and I'll introduce them. So uh, Matthew Barnes is one of like one of my early, early leads that I, I, I would just look to as inspiration. I would say he's one of the for me, he inspired me so much into thinking strategically and why we do things the ways we, the way we do. Um, Ty Woolridge, an artist <laughs> all around, just, I think this guy never sleeps. <laughs> I think he's always on some like, just creative, like, hi, man, this guy thinks of things that, you know, sometimes I'm like, am I ever gonna catch up? <laughs> like, like, but all in all, man, I, I he's, you know, one of the guys, one of the top creatives in my mind that, I'll, that he's my go-to as well, man. These guys always are good enough about sharing knowledge and, and just giving me a direction and, and just kind of, you know, people don't understand how hard it is to be in this industry and create the longevity of it because, um, you know, for all of you creatives that are listening out there, it's not just about learning Photoshop. There's so much that goes into this game if you really want to be, you know, impactful. And so um, opening up the floor to you guys, um, please go ahead and introduce yourselves. Matt, I'll start with you. Thank you, Ernesto, for for this opportunity. Um, we know each other for a minute, so it's great to come full circle and, yeah. and discuss design. But uh, anyway, I'm Matthew. Um, I have 24 years of design experience um, from agency, entrepreneur, um, in-house SaaS companies. Uh, I absolutely adore design systems, um, creating brands, and really, you know, focusing on data and how that data tells the story. So that is my thing. Um, my side hustle is art. That's our love, man. Thing that I enjoy that really brought us together. Yeah, uh, that's me in a nutshell. Ty, good deal. Uh, hey guys, my name is Ty Woolrich. I'm with Division Lab Studios in Dallas, and uh, we also do a little bit of work in Rockwall, pretty much internationally. Uh, but I'm an old head like Matt, and uh, I, I've known him for a few years. Great guy, love EP. Uh, you guys know him as uh, Ernesto. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we uh, primarily focus on motion graphics, uh, 3D animation, uh, special effects, and uh, at the art of all that stuff is is just all going back to artwork as it's like Matt uh, discussed earlier. So I love um, my side hustle is um, soft pastels, photorealism, and just large portrait um, artwork. Man, well, thank you both for making the time. Um, I know we were also anticipating ACL to join us, but shout outs to you, man. I know we'll We'll be able to chop it up eventually, man. And hopefully one day it'll be in person, man. I mean, I'd love to actually get us all just sit down and really talk about our, our uh, just our experience in the game. Um, one of the things that, uh, and I was telling Matt pre-recording that, you know, one of the things that brought this uh, idea about was our initial conversation with Asiel, where we kind of all see art being as a connective tissue 
into the interest of design, at, at least for even at least for me, man, because I thought that how, what's relatable, right? What how does you know you even get into advertising and design and your early influences, right? So I think for for I, I'd like to open up the the, the questioning to you, Matt. Um, early influences, man, that even inspired you. And, you know, I don't know if it was comics or, you know, one day you were just, you know, looking at cartoons or, or I don't know, man, maybe um, going to the library, man, opening up books and looking at some of the stuff that just kind of uh, inspired you to be like, man, I want to draw that, you know, I want to be that. And then, or maybe kind of that ping moment of like, yo, like, I can do this, you know, this is, I want to know how you do this, how you put a magazine together, you know, things like that. Yeah, man, that's a good question. I'll, I'll keep it short because it's a really long story. Uh, but I, I've always been in love with art and drawing ever since I was a little kid, ever since I can remember. My father was actually an artist and my mom was creative. So it was all around me. And I just picked up early, but didn't really understand, you know, when you're 10 years old, 12 years old, like none of that really makes any sense. Um, you just know that you like to draw. Um, it wasn't really until junior high we had this project, and I'm not sure why the teacher gave us this project, but we had to come up with a commercial. And I remember um, bringing a can from home, creating the artwork, like drawing it out on paper, taping it to the can. I, I wrote the script and acted it out with my buddy, and we performed it in front of the class. And I knew at that moment, wow, this is what I want to do, but I didn't know what it was called. Um, fast forward to high school. Like I figured out it was commercial art. I was like, oh, I want to be a commercial artist. I want to be a commercial artist. I want to have my own advertising agency. Like, you know, but again, in, in Missouri, small town Missouri, you don't know what that means. You know, you have no access, there's no technology. And so you didn't know exactly what to do. Fast forward to, um, you know, graduate high school, dabbling in college, kind of understanding, okay, art is going to be my thing. And then really finding out that, hey, graphic design is actually a, uh, a thing to do. So started working in the industry and then, you know, I discovered Hillman Curtis. And I think Hillman, if you're old school, Hillman <laughs> Curtis is an ego. Um, he was like one of the pioneers in motion graphics. And I just remember seeing things move and it changed everything about how I designed. I was like, oh my God, like, you know, this is the future. Like, you know, like, how is this shit happening? And I dove deep into his learnings. Like I, I read all of his books. Um, he was heavy into Flash, so I jumped heavy into Flash. Um, and then I fell in love with Web because of, wow, you could actually make things move online and reach a broader audience and just jump right in. So I started coding. I was building things out in tables, nested tables. So you're a developer, CSS fan out there, you, you know, tables is probably But once CSS started to, to expand, I, got, I stopped just because I couldn't keep up with it and just jump really into web, just designing web, designing UI experiences, um, and just the full circle for branding. Um, yeah, like, I, I, again, I won't go into deep because it's a super, super long story, but if I had to look at, like, the people that I really love look up to. Um, it's Hillman Curtis. Um, you get some time, really, really, you know, research him. Unfortunately, he died um, several years ago of, of um, I think it was colon cancer, which is super sad. Um, but Paula Shure, she's one of the, the pioneers, um, designers. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that I really look up to, um, from local people, too. Um, like, I'm a big fan of Hatiel's work, obviously. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Kai's work, obviously. And so um, these are a lot of people that um, just, just come across my life that I really, really value their work and just 
be inspired by. So yeah, that's kind of my my quick story. Ty, what are you thinking, man? I don't even. Uh-huh. I, I'm really intrigued by Ty, man, because Ty could probably just talk circles, man, about all the people he just. And then maybe, maybe he'll just be like, "It's me." Um, tell her one come by magic. My story is pretty simple. Um, let's see, I actually knew I wanted to be an artist when I was in kindergarten. And it's really weird. I remember the exact project that that kind of uh, I would say when the bug bit me. So Matt wouldn't know what I'm talking about with that, but my teacher was handing out little. Uh, she was handing out little, uh, um, what are these things called? Like little sheets you have to color. So at that point, like most kids look like they're coloring with their feet or whatever, like like all over the place. They couldn't stay in the lines. And I was thinking, why can't why can't they stay in the lines? So, okay, for example, if you have a cat, <laughs> you know, inside the lines, like stay in the lines and they're all over the place. But for me, like I was able to stay in the lines. Everything was neat and nice. And at like this extra, my, my work just looked different. So I'll start, I started outlining and everything. So I started playing around with um, like shadows and dimensions and highlights when I was in kindergarten. I did not know what it, what it was called. I just knew my work looked different from everyone else. And I was wondering why couldn't they do this and why does their stuff look like that? So from that point, I already knew I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't know there was like a ton of different uh, fields in uh, art industry. So fast forward a few days or a few years, and I ended up uh, with a few high-profile jobs: uh, Dallas Mavericks, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Fossil, and I was always creative in all these roles. And eventually, uh, I I kind of fell in love with web design. But I was actually forced into the web design field because I, I my first job from college, I ended up working at a company called Odyssey Communications Group. And my, my boss at the time, his name was Ryan Grayson, great guy. Um, I was there, and I'm thinking I'm this super stud designer. So he came up and said, hey, Ty, we have this this uh, website project we need done. You're going to take the lead on it. So I looked at him with a smile on my face, and I left. and said, hey, I'm a graphic designer. And I rolled back around in my chair, thinking <laughs> I'm going to my job. <laughs> this book on my desk, it was like literally the size of a dictionary, just boom. He said, I need you to know this by Monday. It was Friday when he gave me that dictionary. So I came back, and I was a, a master at HTML and CSS. So at that point, I ended up falling in love with web design. And my biggest inspiration back then was a company called Two Advanced Studios. Oh. Um, two yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys were, they were just rock stars. So that kind of made me fall in love with Flash because they had taken it way beyond anything I had ever seen before. And ultimately, um, like Apple killed that off. Uh, they said, hey, we're going to support Yeah, at that point, I just kind of, I, I started thinking, okay, well, how can I keep this going outside of web design? Mm-hmm. And in steps motion graphics and uh, special effects, and that's where I am today. Wow. Man. I, I have to go back, I'm sorry, I have to go back sure. to you, man. Go ahead. I, I remember First time that I stumbled upon to Advanced Studios, I mean, it just blew my mind at, at the, the way that they were integrating music and sound effects and motion, and a lot of those action scripting. And so, like, I, I jumped in that, trying to figure out how could you build these complex, you know, you know, motion stories. So that's that's so cool. That's, that brings back a lot of memories.
this. <laughs> the plug dates. Oh yes. man, um, and you know, uh, just uh, my wheels were turning as you guys were, were were talking about you know your experiences in on the web side of things, man. I well, just to touch off, man, like for me, kind of jumping into it was more through art. It wasn't even something that I even contemplated, man. I was a uh, I'm a graduate of Skyline High School, so D, if you uh, if you listen, and he's Skyline too, so I see the West too, so. I got in through um, uh, the advertising design cluster program that they had at the time. And my parents just kind of knew that I was kind of good at art. So they were kind of really pushing for me to kind of venture out that way and just nurture that, you know. So, uh, you know, from Saturday morning cartoons to comics to just, you know, looking at magazines and things like that is really, but more on the artistic side because I was always so like amazed by people that could like make animation um, and draw these like expressive cartoons or, or like uh, animation uh, expressions on comics. I was just like, who does that? And fell in love with these characters, man. So I was like, I want to draw that. Like, I want to do that. Just because I thought it was cool and I knew that I could do it. Like, I was like, okay, I could stay within the lines, Ty, you know? So <laughs> that was my thing. And and so, you know, once I went to Skyline and over into the advertising design cluster, I, it was just mostly because I just enjoyed because they let us draw. And back in those days, um, advertising was like, you know, pencil to paper, you draw concepts out, you do what, you know, rough sketches, and then you initially would present them to the teacher. And then once that was a green green light, then you start going into like, you know, cutting up your boards, and then you start messing with Prisma colors and, and doing all that, right? And to your final project. Well, senior year, they introduced us to Photoshop. And I was like, okay, that's cool, but I don't really want to do that. Like, I still am more entwined with this pencil color pencil airbrush to paper that was my thing man like I wasn't really interested in even diving into Photoshop but you know it was kind of a dual credit thing and you know working with Brookhaven College and they had a partnership and it was half a day there half a day at the college uh, so I was like yeah I'll get out of here for a couple hours just to go turn on Photoshop and so <laughs> that's kind of how I kind of started getting my feet wet into it wasn't even advertising, bro. It was more of like, what does Photoshop do, you know? And that's kind of how my trajectory was. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, um, for me, I just, my influences were obviously like, as a kid, we're just looking at comics and, you know, just artists, magazines and, and things like that. And the the, car, the animation cartoons, and that to me blew my mind. But when I started seeing what Webb was doing and just looking at, commercials on television i was like that's really cool i'd see what like nike was doing adidas and that's because i'm a sports fanatic and looking at the and you guys have seen them you know super bowl ads not that what it is now i was like who came up with that i want to do that and so for me to say oh i have names that i could give you i really can't i just know that i would see outside of youtube i i just saw things throughout my just young life that I was like, man, who does that? I want to do that. And that's just kind of how the bug bit me, man. But I, I, I mostly tell, you know, the young cats that asked me about being in design, I, I told them my story. I said, I kind of fell into this, to be honest with you, but I fell in love with it, you know, and it was the people around me that helped nurture, like, how this thing is supposed to, you, you, there's, there's a science to this, just like anything else. There's a science to it. And it took a while for me, but 
I knew that I could only get better. Um, and so that's kind of my long-winded uh, answer there. But that's kind of how I think all of us just kind of connect, right? We all see something there like, yo, like, how are they doing this? Like, I want to do this, you know? And, and that's kind of where we all, like, light bulb moment goes off, you know what I'm saying? And, and even then, like, uh, I want, I also wanted you guys, something I've always been curious about too, you know, it's like, you know, what, where do you guys get your passion from? Like for you, once you sit down and you're like, I got to knock out this project, you're not, you obviously, you know, money's always like the incentive, right? But outside of that, like, the, like your passion for it, man, like what drives your passion to like get in that zone and you're like, this is, this has to be like dope. Otherwise it's not seen, it's like trash. <laughs> Uh, Matt, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I, it, it really goes back to just okay. What's the overall goal? Like, what are we trying to accomplish with this particular design? Um, so, customer delight is my north star. Like, whatever I create, I want to make sure that it's going to affect someone's life in a better way. Whether it's I'm working in coordination with another team on a particular product launch. You know, or um, it's something that I'm doing on the side. At the end goal is that customer delight and the ability to see your work out there in the wild and people yeah. responding to it. They're clicking on it. They're interacting with it. And it has like this long life cycle. I mean, it, it still brings me joy. You know, I've lived in California for five years now, and I still see some of my old work um, from previous companies. They're still sharing on those social assets and other assets. And it brings you joy just to see that those those assets are still um, out there in the wild and people are still engaging with it and it still serves a purpose. And so to me, that's the biggest inspiration. You know, I, I look at it from, okay, what's the end goal? The end goal is to solve this problem, to give customer delight. And so that keeps me motivated and keeps me really pushing and trying to come up with the best creative that I can. Just, just a quick side note, man, dude, even then, do you ever like feel like what you've done and you look back on, on it and you're kind of driving by and you see something that you did or even just scrolling through through a page and you're like, oh, I did that. You know, does, did you, are you ever like, yeah, like that that moment of bliss that you're like, I did something, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, you know, like the first time I saw a billboard and this is probably like the, my, my signature project. Um, this is years ago, living in Dallas and the Dallas Convention Center turned 50. Yeah. And I was commissioned to do like this environmental piece. It had a billboard and some other collateral. And it was like my largest project, you know, that I've done. And I remember the first time I saw that billboard, you know, sitting above, I can't remember the freeway, I think it was 30. Like I was just, I, I stopped each time and took a picture of it. You know, because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's a billboard, it's a billboard. You know, it's like my billboard, that's my work. You know, like I made it. And then like after that, you, I, I did work for American Heart Association. I would see billboards up, and it was like, ah, whatever. Like, I'm over it. <laughs> like, I'm, I've got you know, my first. I got my movie. first Super Bowl. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's it's super cool to see that um, because it, it just brings you joy. That hey, I, I created something uh, that's people actually using. You know, uh, it resonates. It clearly resonates, and uh, I. Created a great job with it, so yeah, um, yeah, it, it brings you joy, you know. That, yeah, but don't get me wrong. That first time I did pound my chest and you know, like, walked around a little, little he's taller out, that day. He's <laughs> out there. Yeah, he's yeah, out I, there. I was eight that day. I was I was shocked that day. <laughs> <laughs> he's out there. You know, Cam Newton. It. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ty? 
Yeah, it's like that. Their very first big project is it's a, a real. And uh, I would say the first time I saw my work out in the wild was uh, uh, I was working with the uh, Dallas Mavericks at the time. And I was driving driving down the street, and I saw a, this giant billboard. So I was I was approaching. I was on thirty. So if you know anything about Dallas, you'll know like thirty. So it's lined with billboards, and I saw like just ton, tons and tons of billboards all through it throughout. And I eventually ended up seeing one of my commercials on TV. So that was like my really first proud moment. Um, but since then, just just find the passion to like for me i'm my biggest competitor so every project i work on i have to make the last one look look like child's play so that's just really keep pushing yourself no when i was a kid my my uh my inspiration was a guy named ernie barnes and a lot of people think uh yeah you may think of jj so if you know anything about good times, and I'm dating myself, but if you know anything about good times, <laughs> artists, everyone thought JJ could really paint. So those paintings were by an artist named Ernie Barnes. That's what really just kind of triggered my passion for it. Uh, but since then, like uh, I just keep competing with myself and trying to see what's on the market. And my, I would say my seal of approval is what I call the happy place. So once I present something to a client, if they're not all smiles at that point, and I know, okay, well, I can I can do something to make this better. But my my goal is to always just floor floor with whatever project I'm presenting, and that goes for like the uh, the guys I'm working with and everything else. I try to keep them uh, self motivated, drive them, basically just keep your foot in their butt, and <laughs> pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's how, how people grow, get, get them out of their comfort zone and just force them into something that's going to challenge them. Man. Um, and see, that's the thing. Like now it's it, curious, like curiously, like whenever I'm driving down and, you know, they have the digital billboards now, they're just swapping out. You know, they're not even they're, I mean, it's all going that way. But every time I see a Dallas Maverick, you know, they, they'll have like the, you know, the game tonight and it's like, you know, Nuggets versus Mavericks and they'll have some cool graphic there. It's crazy because now when I see the Mavericks, I think of Ty. I don't necessarily think the Mavericks <laughs> because I, he would always like showcase like to us, me and Derek, he would always showcase whatever he was doing for the Mavericks. So in case I think that's Ty's work, right? So I don't think like that's somebody at the Mavericks did that. I just like, that's Ty. He did that. So, you know, one of the things that probably, you know, not to be missed is that perhaps some of the stuff you were doing, they're still showing them and like, hey, this is a standard. If you guys can bulk up on this, cool, but just take this as a direction. So sometimes leaving, you know, those, I, I would say like virtual or digital footprints behind for the guys that are coming in next after us, it, it's it's also part of that process of like, dog, you know, you built something that is still being used, you know, whether it's being out in the wild or internally, you know, and to me, like, I, I thought that the, the for me, the coolest project, and this was years into it, man, I never really looked at something was like, yeah, I've arrived or like, I, because I obviously look at the people around me that are designers and I'm like, man, I have so much to, all right, cool. That's a good job. Great. All right, let's move on next. So when I first started working on, uh, when I was working for El Creative here in Dallas, um, I was put in charge of um, the Wingstop account. And so Wingstop was opening up, you know, getting to that million store, you know, stat. 
And so a lot of the urban creative that we were doing, we were shooting and writing. But when they tapped me for global, like the global part of it, the global brand, brand uh, creative, I was just like, whoa, like that's different. Because now I'm doing creative for, you know, London, France, Brazil, Mexico, Japan, China, you know, uh, all these other Australia, like all these other countries. And I'm just like, man. So like somebody out there is walking into a, a Wingstop and is seeing the, you know, the menu board I created, the POP stuff that I, you know, that I wrote out. And so that to me was like, and they're still using it. There's a Wingstop like five blocks from my house. I'll go in there sometimes. And I'm like, they're still using my menu. <laughs> they're still, you know, that's internally, I'm the man made that. I would drive by, there's still billboards here that use the creative layout that I, that I basically created. And even though the, the, the flavors change, the layout is still the same and I'm like I'm like that's so dope man. But you know, I don't I don't yell out to the world, look what I did. I just kinda like for my self satisfaction, that's to that's my happy place because I'm like, man, I worked on that, you know? And that's the to me I'm like that tells me like you're good. You know, you're not you're you're not you're not a rookie anymore. Like somebody that really likes your 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 work, somebody that outside of just the Wingstop brand itself the people that I work with to co- to that help me come up with that makes me think even more. I'm like, how much they thought of me to be able to put it together and say, hey, we trust you. And I think that's one of the biggest factors for them to trust you and say, you're not going to turn our logo into purple, right? And you just, you're gonna, you're gonna, you know how bleeds work, right? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it was my first experience of collectively working with corporate you know, outside of, uh, you know, the, the other authority, authoritative channels within my organization that I was like, hey, pitching here, what do you think? Meetings, edits, then production, and then finally final product in store and things like that. And then putting together, you know, Snapchat posts, audio for Spotify, the, all that right there, bro, was like, yeah, like I'm here. Like I, I, I've taken all the, the tidbits that I've been through in this in this industry and kind of been able to been put in a place to put it together, man. It's something that's a brand that's, you know, it's, it's still out there, man. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, the only thing I do regret is missing out on their IPO and not buying in at $40 a share because <laughs> now them guys are up, bro. <laughs> but yeah, that that to me was was uh, really enjoyable to work for, man. And just to, to come and work on those projects, man. Um, you know, as we were talking, segueing back to art, um, you know, for us, I, I, you know, I, I was talking to Asiel even prior to the uh, earlier than the week, man, prior to the interview. And, you know, listening to him, man, ignites you. You know, you, you, you talk to certain people and that energy just like lights back in you. You're like, man, I'm gonna go pick up a brush and I'm gonna go do this because he's like always lives in that world, man. So... You know, for that, in that essence, man, like as far as for both of you, um, your art, right? Like how how important is it still for you to touch brush to canvas or color pencil to, you know, to to artboard, you know? How, how's that influencing you now? It's it's a critical, um, I mean, it's very important and, and high priority in my life just because it's my outlet. It's my own personal individual outlet that no one can dictate or control. And I can just paint whatever 
You know, I don't have to get feedback. I don't have to push <laughs> like I don't have to, I don't have to create guidelines around around it. I can just paint whatever and it's and it's done. Um, but let me before I get to, into that, I definitely want to go back and talk about Hatiel. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. The story on your last episode, one of your episodes, um, but I want to tell it from my perspective. <laughs> go ahead. You know, Hatiel is, is one of my favorite artists on the planet. Uh, like just his technique, his subject matter, composition, colors. Um, Bar none, he's one of the greatest out there. Uh, I just remember, like, growing up, I painted. You know, I painted art was my thing. But after I graduated high school, I stopped painting because I didn't see it as a viable future. It's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm going to work. Uh, I'm going to get into design. I'm not going to really even think about um, art just because it's not going to, it's not going to benefit me anyway. So I stopped painting for ten years. I didn't touch it. Didn't do anything. Um, and then I don't know what sparked it, but I saw something. I can't remember what it was. And I picked up a canvas and I started painting. I remember at the time I was painting all the jazz subject, like Coltrane, Davis. And it was like this really quick gestural, um, really aggressive style because I didn't know. You know, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And at the time I was hanging out with my, my bud, Carlton, and the whole um, crew in Dallas. And I remember going to Zoo Bar. And Zoo Bar was like, the dopest spot in Dallas had the best music, best DJs, everything. And I remember walking in there one day, and there was this painting on the wall. And so this this woman with her hands, you know, outstretched stretched hands, and bullets were coming off. And that shit stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, Oh my god! It's like who painted this? And it was like I can still, I can close my eyes and still remember yeah. that day. And I remember it's like, Oh my god! This painting is amazing. And I don't know how we got in a conversation, but I remember coming back to the office and I was talking to you. He's like, oh, that's my boy. I was like, what? He's going to come in. He's coming in tomorrow. And I, I was like, fanboy. I was like, oh my God, I'm here. You know, like, you know, like trying, to, trying to shake my beard just right. Put on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember he came in the office and I, I mean, my eyes were all wide open. I didn't know what to say. I, mean, I was totally just fanning. And he was a cool dude. He was like, what's up? I was like, oh. <laughs> but anyway, Hatiel was getting, giving me so much art. I have so many prints all framed. And like right now they're in storage because like I still have a storage unit in Dallas. But that's going to change. And they'll all be hanging up in the house eventually. But Hatiel used to give me like the best advice about colors. Like I would ask him, hey, dude, how do you get that color um, like, what's your color combination? He'll tell me. I just write stuff down. And I'm at the art store picking up titanium white and um, yeah. orco yellow and, and and other colors, trying to create his tone. And he just give just an open book as far as like uh, technique and um, inspiration. And a lot of artists are, are not like that at all. You know, they're like, oh, these are you know, trade secrets. I'm not telling you anything. But he was an open book and he even wanted to show you how. I was like, oh. Like we can totally paint together. So like, yeah, he was super, super inspiration. But yeah, going back to art, art is my, is my passion. Um, it's something I do pretty regularly, you know, as far as like my subject matters. Um, I used to paint people, but when I moved out to the Bay Area, I didn't know anyone. So I started painting animals. And now that's all I paint, <laughs> you know, are animals because now I, I, it's more of a narrative behind it because like I look at animals, especially Northern animals, like, you know, far Arctic or even south, um, they have like the survival instinct, you know, where 
you know, they don't have any grocery stores or, you know, yeah. people feeding them. I mean, everything is dependent on their survival, like how they're going to eat. And, and they're, they're so connected with nature. They know exactly when things are wrong, when to hibernate, um, when to come out of hibernation, um, everything. They're, they're so connected with, with nature and, and um, you know, God itself. And so I enjoy painting them because I'm able to express and to paint them in a portrait style that kind of pays tribute and just reminder of the simpler things in life, you know, like everything's so automated for us, you know, like we, we wake up in the morning, we drink our coffee, we eat, you know, everything's automated. We just go to work, we go to the store, you know, we don't have to think about it. It just happens. But like for those animals, it's, it's not like that, you know, polar bears, you know, particularly, um, they have to look for food. Sometimes they spend days searching for food, otherwise they, they would die. And so it's just a reminder that, hey, you know, like we are fortunate, we are blessed. Um, we have this opportunity and, and, you know, don't waste it. So, so yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest motivation is with my art right now. Oh. Sorry for that long story. No, you're good, man. <laughs> good stuff. No, Ty um, back there, man, got some of that work already. So I see some of that Prisma color. <laughs> Yeah, those shots, um, some of my earlier pieces, and uh, yeah, they'll kind of stay with me forever. Yeah. That's my daughter. She used to do nothing but cry, cry, cry. So I ended up calling that picture Cry Baby. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like for, for my story, art is the base of everything I do. Uh, so everything uh, starts with, like, it has an art foundation. So ultimately, you want to get your message across, but it still has to look pleasing to the eye. People still, you know, they still have to enjoy the stuff or like it. Uh, so that's that's part of what keeps me driven. But ultimately, I just do it for the, uh, the self-gratification. So kind of like Matt was saying, you get a chance to kind of be selfish. You don't have to run it through critiques or you get input from anyone else. You can look at it and say, okay, well, this is off. This needs to be better. And I can spend... 48 hours just working on this eyeball if I want to. There's no rush. So you're kind of like just in your zone. I'll put on a little bit of music and, and just have at it. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of my story. Man, and you know, yeah. uh, talking to Asiel too, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the mural part of uh, the projects that he's done. And, you know, the similar connective tissue for in his approach, man, to me is like, there's there's a why you know what i mean with him you know there's like a why although as you were saying matt the the painting of him with the the girl on with the eyes and the palms of her hands and like elongated necks and just these like details to this to the painting is what draws you in and so i think that each one of us has our own style where we're like you know hey i like the way ty works with lighting you know I can go to him for advice on that. He's like, hey, you know, how do you work around the lighting? What what are you kind of seeing as far as like, you know, negative space and, and all those things, man, that I feel like, like you said, man, there's no reason not to be an open book when it comes to these things. I remember, Matt, I was uh, I was still we were still sharing a, a creative space when you started taking up uh, the canvas again, at least from what I would see. And I saw you from starting to kind of put together concepts to actually putting a show together man and to me that was like man i was like this dude you know on top of everything that he has to do 
he's still doing all this. You know, he's still making time because nobody that wasn't paid. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't a, somebody was paying you to put on an art show. You took it upon yourself to come up with the concept and, and, and put that out there. And for me personally, I drew inspiration from from that where I was like, you know what? You know, I got to find my voice. And then once I do, I have all these resources around me um, that I can tap into and be like, hey, how do we do this? How do you do that? Or And even then, you know, always being in that place where, you know, Ty will send me some of that, you know, some of the stuff he's done with color pencils. And even just away from the digital aspect of it, like, I'm like, man, I take notes because I'm a, I'm a visual learner. So whatever I see, I'll take back and just jot down as far as lighting structure, like, you know, composition, negative space, you know, looking. Uh, and as we were uh, in our previous episode, when we talked to Asiel, some of those like, you know, I started recently looking into Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. And that guy is just amazing, man, to the way he works with realism. And I didn't know he actually put on these costumes himself and took and would take pictures of them just in these <laughs> In these like surreal poses, man, just so that if Captain America needed a certain forward look of the fingers, he would actually take a picture and then would draw from it that starting point. And so it's these little secrets that are like, hey, man, they're not really secrets. It's just how the human figure works, how animals work, how and you just try to present that and in your own eye, because I, I'm my own worst critic myself. And so if a finger doesn't look right, at least to my pleasing, then I'm not done with it. And I would spend 40 hours on one finger because <laughs> I'm like, I got to get it right. I got to get it right. right. And at some point, I think either, you know, we'll all agree. There does come a point where it's like, OK, I'm satisfied with this. Let's move on to something else. Uh, and part of the painting, you know, it may not, you know, maybe the eyeball and then by, you know, nose a background and you know to me like I think that finding um I think one time we did have a conversation man where I showed you some of my work and you're like look this is cool and I like it I was like but at some point you need to find your voice and I didn't take that as negative I took that as like okay he sees that I'm talented but he wants me to push a little bit harder to find something that is going to identify with me and I think sometimes when we have conversations like that with other creatives or artists. It's like, oh, you just hate and you just don't know. <laughs> I just want to paint hip hop stars all day long. <laughs> and that's not the case. You're just simply trying to. F- I, I find it more that it's like you're trying to you're working on your craft. And if it's, you know, seeing how the composition of the muscles work, whether it's an animal or a, a bodybuilder or whatever, you know, it's it's up to you to kind of receive that information, process it out and put it on the canvas. And, you know, to me, I, I you know, that's why I look at Alex's Ross work. Um, Art Germ is another one that I'm starting to really follow. Um, some of the, it's almost like, man, these guys are, are so really, really well, like just structured in that process of the lighting the mm-hmm. the the perspective is what I want to say, like perspective of, you know, what's in the foreground compared to the background. And that to me draws me in. Man, and I'm like, man, that's what I, I, I to me, it just catches my eye. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. Um, capturing motion is not easy. You know, no, no it's not. And, and, you know, one of the things that I think sometimes when you challenge yourself and you look at something, 
at a piece, I, I try to deconstruct it and then piece it back together as best as I'm like, maybe this is what he did here. But we have the time to like really, really dive into it. And, and if it takes you two months, three months, four months, whatever, it's, it's to your liking. And I think when you really, you discover new things, man, like for me that I always like, ah, oh, yeah, I can, I can put together an eyeball or it, I mean, for me, an action pose, cool. But when you start digging into the rendering part is when you start finding things. And that to me has been my challenge. Um, I, I don't know for both of you, but go ahead, Matt. Yeah, like, dude, like, the, the way that I think about art, and again, it, it, we all have our own process and our own motivation, uh, but I don't I don't look at art as a way that I'm going to make money or, like, I'm thinking about that next show, because, like, if, you, if you're thinking about it in, in that space, and again, this is just my opinion, someone probably out there listening is going to be like, oh, shut the hell up, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, just my, my opinion, but, like, if I look at it from that lens of, oh, I want to show... Uh, I want to sell paintings, then it's going to dictate what I paint. You know, I'm going to think about, I'm going to paint, paint stuff that pe- that resonates with people. And that's not my motivating factor. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to paint portraits of celebrities. You know, like that's cool, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend, you know, six hours, 12 hours painting, you know, a Kardashian. Like, I can't. Like, that, to me, that's like wasting paint. But uh, I, I, I look at it from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before you dive into that. Did her daughter paint that or okay. not? <laughs> that, is, that is actually the the burning question. You think a seven year old painted that? I mean, a seven year old wasn't doing that, man. Man, I don't know. I'm not gonna. Probably yeah. hate tweets. So. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> <laughs> Smart place, smart place. <laughs> Strictly our opinion. Offline, we'll dive deeper. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> nah, dude, but I, I think about it, I'm, I'm going to jump all over the place, but um, stuff that also inspires me, you know, like you, you mentioned Alex Ross, uh, I have affinity for 16th century art, like the masters. Uh, I absolutely adore... Um, just the technique, um, like Caravaggio is like one of my favorite artists, you know, uh, of that decade or that era. Uh, like the way that he mastered light, uh, the way that he mastered like telling stories, like full of drama, full of tension. Uh, another one is El Greco. El Greco wasn't really as popular because his characters, his compositions was slightly off and his colors kind of muted. But um, I recall seeing Assumption of the Virgin, which is my, my favorite painting of all time. Uh, it was in Chicago at the Art Institute of Chicago. And it's like a giant altarpiece. It's like probably like 60 by 50. It's huge. And I remember sitting, I still have a photo of that, of me sitting in front of that painting. I use it for my um, my avatar in one of my Slack groups. What, but, what's uh, the, what's the name of the piece? I remember sitting in front of that painting and just looking at this majestic majestic. Um, composition and how everything was connected together. And so like the Caravaggio's, the El Greco's, the Chazans, uh, Raphael's, like, I absolutely just adore their, their style, um, their technique. Um, because if you think about it, they didn't have Blix or, or um, Azor Art. They didn't have any art stores or any you know LED lighting <laughs> to really, or like a MacBook Pro to capture <laughs> photo and they can zoom in yeah. or procreate. You know, there was none of that. You know, they were essentially 
painting with candles and trying to memory live live models and so mixing your own colors so, so you look at it from that lens it's like that is some master stuff i don't know if anyone can ever do that again so that gives me my inspiration that that really really pushes me to not necessarily paint that that way but try to find that emotion and put that into my art so that's kind of my take yeah um, nice ty you know in looking at some of the work that you've done you know um on the human form and, and that the concept of portraits, man. Um, what do you find that has to be engaging uh, in the piece? The eyes, the pose, the lighting? A little bit of everything. And uh, from what I've been able to uh, decipher and pull from everything was that all the pieces have to like work together. It has to be harmony. Uh, so if the first thing you have to master, well, in my opinion, are the eyes. If you if you miss it with the eyes, the whole thing is just kind of screwed up. So the eyes, then the mouth, and the nose, you tie all that together and the face grows from it. Uh, so basically, you know, one piece depends on the other, depends on the other, depends on the other. So everything has to be tight and cohesive and work just together. Yeah, And that's, that's where the realism comes from and that's how everything just kind of take shape and when folks see it they say oh well that's exactly who this is supposed to be I know this guy I know that guy it, everything just has to kind of merge and marry and really work work and feed off one another and that's how the uh, the artwork takes shape and, and just a side note uh, when do you guys do you guys paint like as on a schedule do you guys paint like when you're feeling it um, it, it can be eight o'clock at night. Does it have to be at a particular time? Like, how do you guys kind of navigate those waters of, of like, hey, I got to go to work. I got to work. But you know what I mean? Like muster up that energy to say, I'm going to put it into this at this hour. You know, I don't know. I, you really can't put a schedule to it. You know, because art doesn't work like that. You can't say, oh, I'm going to paint every day from 8 a.m. to whatever or at night because it just doesn't work like that because if you're tired or you have other things that you have to do it's just not happening uh what i try to do is like especially if i'm working on a piece or working on a series uh, typically the weekends are like my most productive time to paint you know I, i like to wake up super early on a saturday and just jump right into it and just start painting and i typically try to do like four hours and i'm done because you just get tired of it and then you want to do other things and you know you start forcing stuff yeah. and you're working with oil you gotta let it dry for a second before you come back to it and so um so I, I don't really put a schedule to it you know there's weeks that i don't paint you know i don't do anything you know i'm just looking at stuff yeah. and then i'll go back to it and it's like every day for like a month there's really no schedule it's just really how you feel because again going back to that yeah, like I'm doing it for myself, not anyone else. There's no schedule. There's no Asana board. You know, there's no one tracking. You know, tracking, telling me that I need to have this done by this date. You know, like so, it's you can do whatever. Yeah, Ty. No, Ty never sleeps, man. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, Ty gets this answer. Uh, I didn't even know Ty was an artist. Like I knew he was a badass, you know, designer and you know, um, 3D animator. Like, I knew that. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was on Facebook or Twitter. He shared 
I think it was the pastel of your daughter. And I was like, yo, did you I'm like, what? How <laughs> can just bust this skill out like all of a sudden? Like, oh, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, I'm, here's I'm teaching you a master class <laughs> on lighting next week. Check this out. Like, you, you got you got it down. Like when I talk about Caravaggio, dude, like your lighting is ridiculous. So yeah. like kudos to you. Like people that think if you haven't seen his work, you know, ch- check it out. Yeah. <laughs> real. Yeah, definitely uh, go ahead and plug your social, man, because I mean, you know, both of you, because I, I think from an artist inspirational point, man, we grab what we see and take it and run with it, man. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, somebody that is only dedicated to art or they make, you know, this. I follow some artists on LinkedIn as well, but, you know, it could be sometimes, you know, doing a Google search, man, I'll come across some stuff and I'm like, man, that'd be great to pair up with something else that I've already been working on. And once you pair that background or that foreground with the whatever your your subject matter is, then you're like, yo, like it just comes that way. At least from my at least in my mental process when I'm trying to come mm-hmm. up with stuff. Um you know, before Ty kind of chimes in on that, I, I I was thinking like, yeah, like anything else, man, like it's like I'm coming up with my own internet is like what I think he's gonna do next. <laughs> <laughs> my own YouTube, you know, my own YouTube platform. I'm just like, yeah, okay, we know. You know, next thing you know, he's like, you know, doing something in the space station. Ah, just <laughs> it's like the ideas are there, and you you kind of have to get them out of your head, or you feel like you go crazy. So it's like you just have just tons of ideas in your head 24 seven. But in terms of uh, like when I find time to draw, is just whenever the spirit hit, that's what I say. I so whenever it hits me, and <clears throat> it, it's a weird process for me. Like before I get into a portrait or a drawing winner, I'll literally study it for like a day or two. Just sit there staring at it like a crazy person. <laughs> and you know, I'll figure out, okay, well, this is going to take five different colors right here for the eyeball. That's going to take this and this and this. And once I sit down to, to draw, like if I'm left alone, I can literally sit there for 12 hours straight. Like take a restroom break or whatever. Listen, but, oh my god, dude! Listen, I, I want I want to actually segue, no, not actually segue, but touch on this and get both of y'all's like op- opinions on this. And and did it even have an impact on you, man? Because I'll be honest, man, Bob Ross to me was like the window to this, man. I, as a kid, you know, having not having, I grew up without cable, so you know. Channel 13, KRA was like our kind of creative by default channel that we had in our house. And I remember staying home one day sick as a kid and just looking at this dude with just a paintbrush and going to town on a landscape. And I that was for me was like part of the man like it just was an awe moment that this person can do this just with effortlessly man and to me i was like that right there is so cool and to this day man i'll still go back and binge watch a couple of his episodes because his energy dude is just so whatever you want it's all cool, you know, and the way he does the trees and, oh, dude, his lighting, the snow. I'm like, man, get off my TV, man. 
<laughs> but the dude is so. I'm just wondering, like, from my question is, how, was he ever influential for either one of y'all? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't know who Bob Ross is, all you gotta do is either go buy a T-shirt they sell them at any any Walmart. <laughs> Well, or look him up on YouTube, but this guy will change your perspective on how, like, lighting and nature and how often we take these landscapes for granted, man. You know, that nature is... is... But anyway, go ahead, Matt. You, you hit right on it. It's, it's the, um, yeah, the afro, I Bro, guess. But... Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. How does somebody get a fro like that? <laughs> we go ahead. It's the energy that he painted and, and how he would express himself and communicate why he was doing something a certain way. And again, it was that whole no pressure of art. You know, it's like, oh, do whatever you want to. Like, this is yours. Like, this is, yeah. you know, given to us by God. It's like, and that is ultimately what every artist wants to feel like. You want to paint, you want to express yourself, you want to give a portion of yourself. The portion of yourself goes on each canvas, and you're giving that to the world. And that's something that every artist feels. And so like, whether it's a sketch, there's like a giant painting, there's a piece of you. And so when someone buys that painting or you have a show, you're displaying, you're displaying a part of your soul. And Bob Ross really, really opened that up to me. And again, as a kid, I didn't understand it because it was way too over my head. It's like at a different level, but I knew something was special about it. But as an adult, Going back and listening to these episodes, you're like, oh my gosh, this dude is like, you're really, really preaching to me right now. So, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's the thing. And <laughs> as advanced as we as we are in our craft, to look at him still and be like, man, this I didn't know that, or I missed that. Like, man, I, I just learned something. Even mm-hmm. going back, and it's just like, man, like that's where the humble part of like how I think we all relate to that is is always drawing and nearing for us to learn and you know in the master in the craft man and for him to just effortlessly be like yeah you know it's may want to add a tree here you may you know maybe it has a little you know house and i'm like dude in your mind you're just painting this you're not looking at a photograph like you yeah. li- it's like he went to this place took a mental picture and then came back did a 30 minute show and was like done Mm-hmm. And and he was always like, send them to us, send us a letter, send us how, how satisfied you were. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if he ever, ever got a mean letter. Like, you lied to me. You said I could mix <laughs> white and blue. <laughs> mix this oil. <laughs> but the guy was, oh my God, 16 Minutes ran a piece on him not too long ago, man. And you can find it on YouTube. But no one owns a Bob Ross. They all are, live with his estate. So that none of them, no one, no, no, not a person out here owns a Bob Ross, which I wow. thought was amazing. That's amazing. That's pretty special. Yeah. They all live with his estate and they're all cataloged every episode. Mm-hmm. They all have name dated, signed, but no one owns a Bob Ross. And I was like, wow. And to nice. just like now he has his own line of oils and brushes. Mm-hmm. It, it's so like the impact, you know, on generations. You know, yeah. Ty, yeah. when you saw yeah. him, what was you, what was you thinking? <laughs> it, it just he made it look so effortless, and <clears throat> you you would have that that feeling that okay, well, if he makes it look this easy, I can at least do something somewhat similar. But he was always my um, 
he was always one of the uh, the artists I would chase in terms of trying to master my craft to to make my work look like his. And that's actually what got me into oil painting back then. But since then, I kind of moved away from it because I thought, well, this is taking too long. So yeah, we to dry and everything. And I wasn't a fan of delayed gratification. So I- <laughs> It's a late gratification. So I'm like, all right, well, I want to paint it. I want it to be final right there, so dry. But I'll have to wait and like the turbine, what, uh, the uh, oils and everything else having to keep the paintbrushes clean. I'm thinking, well, that's too much work. I just want to do the artwork and, and move on with it. But, um, you know, back to Bob Rock, he inspired me. And if any artist, well, if anyone calls themselves an artist and they don't know anything about Bob Ross, they to go back to the drawing board and, and kind of study this stuff up. That's like coming up as an artist and not knowing anything about Michelangelo, Da Vinci, and all these other people. So, uh, yeah, he was definitely uh, inspirational and foundational in my trip. Oh, facts, man. I think um, visiting the museums and and going and taking, if you, can you imagine the people that live in France that have, you know, or in London that have just the, all these, like, historical things at their fingertips and at their disposal. It's like us going to CVS up the street. It's like, oh, it's there. You know, and, and I wonder, you know, in the life of if they really sit there and go to these cathedrals or these museums, they go to the Louvre and admire these pieces daily. Because I know to somebody that doesn't live there, I would tell you, yeah, I would probably spend as much time as I could there just to just to take in the gravity of who did these pieces and, and in the in the place in history that you're sitting in, you know. Uh, just let alone going to Rome and going to the Vatican and just, even if you're not a Catholic, you know, to, to go in there and, and really soak up all the things that were done in these masterpieces by hand. You know, like these guys didn't, like Matt said, they didn't have apps. They didn't have the lighting. They, they you know, and it's it's so humbling, man. And it, it, it's all, it, if you're not someone that looks at the world and such the other outside of your oyster, I mean, you're really missing out on the things that really should, you know, could, in a, in the sense of history, man, not just in the fact that this person lived, you know, 100 years ago and, and just, but the, 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 that was the spirit in him to do this, you know, that it would be everlasting and, and impactful to the world. And those are the things that I kind of look to, you know, as far as like, why I love this subjects so much and I'm so passionate about man because it's it's not just religious or you're you know a fan of this person or that person's work but it's just the impact that it has and it's been able to be relevant for years and generations man and that's kind of like that's how you kind of put your stamp on things I mean I, I would think that I don't know if any of us can you know toot our own horn and say yeah this is gonna what I leave behind is gonna be generational but it can be impactful. It, it can leave some, we can leave those footprints behind for other people to see, oh man, Matt did that, you know? And I'm being humble when I say that too, you know, Ty, I'm sure there's people out there that have gone out to visit some websites and they're like, man, that's dope. Who did that? Oh, Ty Division Lab. And you know, that are looking at these things that are like, man, like it's just, you know, we're also have to be mindful that we're also inspiring others that are coming behind us or are looking at our work currently. So, I mean, in that aspect, you know, I, I think that it's always good for us to keep 
you know, not only sharing with each other what our experiences are, because we draw from that, but, you know, culturally, it, it's one of those things that for me has been so humbling to to share that space with you and, and have that interaction that I can lean on each one of you and be like, hey, Matt, I'm, what do you think about this? What do you think? And be Ty, I'm having trouble with this. What do you think? Well, how should I approach it? And even with Asiel, you know, he's been really cool about Hey man, I'm starting to do this. What do you think? What are my next steps? What do you say? What's your advice? Um, and and just have that what I call the master Jedi's for me. Anytime like I'm like, hey babe, I'm gonna call master Jedi. I need you to go as I'm in the zone, because <laughs> you know. And, and what that's another thing too, man. Like how you know we have to manage personal life with the creative person that lives inside us, because that's not the same person. You know, it's like. For me, at least, you know, if I'm in the zone and I'm concentrating on a piece, whether and sometimes I do my best work between midnight and three o'clock in the morning, man, that's just when I'm everything's quiet. I got, you know, some like hip show hip hop on and not not the Drake, not, not not the Rick Ross. I got, you know, the you know, just the the mellow, you know, jazzy hip hop beat going on and I'm diving in, bro, you know, Tribe Called Quest, something like that. And it just gets me in in that zone, man. And, you know. Like you said, three, four hours, turn off, go to sleep, wake up, do the boyfriend thing, do that. And then, you know, it's, it's just everything has to align with itself. So mm-hmm. even as us as professionals, how do you kind of manage the ins and outs of like being, you know, husband, father, you know what I mean? And, and then still take it back to it's like, yeah, you know, creative. And so um, some people don't understand that, that there's uh, there's a part of us that that's who we are. And we have intricacies and little things that make us kick and tick and all that because of who we are. And it's nothing that anybody else outside of a creator can understand. Um, so sometimes if we stay and I, I think, Ty, you, you're, you're probably one of the ones that, that relates to this the most from my perspective, because I could text you sometimes at 11 o'clock at night and you're like, hey, man, I'm working on something. Shoot you back in a little bit, and he'll be up in the morning, still kicking out stuff, man. And I'm like, and I did ask you once, Ty. I was like, dude, when do you sleep? Because it always seems like every time I, as like, I'm, I'm out on the grind working, and then like you doing, you know, you doing father stuff, husband stuff, and of all days today, man, you know, we're Valentine's Day, and here we are on a podcast. So how do we, you know, each one of you to navigate those waters to be like, hey. You know, and then your significant other be like, hey, it's cool. Like, you know, I understand that. Yeah. You know what? Um, that's, that's a good question. Um, design, art, life. I mean, they're, they're connected, but there's some separation. When I, when I look at design and what I do for, for work, um, my end goal is to delight the customer. You know, I, I want to make sure that the customer has exactly what they need in order to make their lives easier. And so... It takes me doing my part and then working collectively with my colleagues um, to ladder up to that goal to get that experience out to the customer. And so like that brings me joy in, in that space. And then my art, art is personal. Um, it's my passion. It's something that I can control. And then it also gives me perspective because it also shows me and reminds me that, hey, you know, life is so much more important you know, like the things like your family, your wife, your kids, like that means more than anything. And so like if I'm painting a portrait of someone's cat or a portrait of someone's kiddo, that's going to live forever. You know, that's going to live for the next you know, hundred years, hopefully. And, and so like 
that just reminds you that, hey, we have this gift, we have this opportunity to create like this legacy. Uh, and so that spills into the personal life, you know, like more than anything, my, my wife is at the top, you know, like that's, that's it, you know, like I want to make sure that um, we're growing collectively and we're building collectively. Um, and so like everything I do is centered around that and how we spend time together. And so I look at it all as connected. Um, there's no uh, one thing that, oh, I need to do this or I can't do this. Or if if I paint, that means I can't hang out with my wife. If I work, that means I can't paint. You know, I look at it all, all as connected and, and um, kind of cohesive together. And so like design, like customer, art, share to the world, and then life, that is like the ultimate goal of spending time with family, spending time with you know, friends and just really, really enjoying nature. And that's going back to Bob Ross, just reminds you of, you know, nothing's important, you know, like even the design we <laughs> yeah. do, we're not saving any lives, you know. <laughs> and so, like, chill out, you know, nothing's as important than the things that are right in front of you, your family, your friends, like, take the time and spend time with them. So that's, that's my whole perspective on art and design in general, in a nutshell. Yeah. You know, pretty... Pretty much, um, I piggyback on, on what Maddie's saying. Um, for me, I find out if um, like the family is good and everything else falls into place. You have friction there and you can't really focus on artwork at all. So uh, make sure family's good. You find that time, that, that happy medium. Uh, be sure the, the family gets the time they need and uh, like be sure the wife is, is okay. Make sure she's happy. Because they say happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and she's good, and you're good. And like in terms of everything else, the the work and uh, like there's this work life balance thing you have to, to kind of juggle. Like in my mind, it's a bit of a three part process. So you have your family, you have your work, and you have your artwork. So what I do is uh, like my my life really consists of work, family, and whatever time I have left over is the artwork. Mm-hmm. So for my personal stuff, I'm usually up like three, five, six o'clock up to that time of the morning. So once the house falls asleep and, and it's quiet, that's really when, when my creative time kicks in for my personal work. So at that point, um, it's just kind of all bets are off. I'll put on a little bit of music. I love listening to uh, New Orleans jazz, put that on, break out the colors and uh, just, just have at it. Man. <laughs> Now, and I love hearing about the process um, that other artists have, man, just because, you know, sometimes I, I feel like am I, I can't be the only one, right? Like to, to have these little intricacies of like how you kind of create, you know, you, and I, I definitely agree with that sentiment of like, it's that spirit. It has to, you just have to feel it. Otherwise, when you're putting stuff on the canvas, you're like, this is crap. Like your energy's off. Like and people sometimes don't, well, you should just be able to do it. It's, it doesn't work that way. Design doesn't work that way. Side doesn't work that way. And one of the things that I've I've shared with other like you know young designers that you know they're they're always eager to learn and 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 I tell them to listen. You know, for me, it just really depends how your mind operates. Like we're not, you know, yes, if we were if we're mandated by our structure of work to be there at a certain time, you're going to do that. But it's up to you to get yourself to that zone of design and flow. And when it, if people are constantly 
coming in, interrupting that flow, you're not, you're going to be internally frustrated because you're like, you, you, you have to have that peace and quiet at least to be able to just execute, get the project out, execute changes, edits, whatever. And then, hey, the concept of it is kind of like writing your your thesis statement on your paper. And, you know, you're going to go through a couple of rewrites, but the fact is that your energy is right to put it together. And that's basically what I tell them. I was like, yeah, I was like, think about it as you're writing a paper, right? You can't write a paper if I'm blasting my music, coming to you, hey, asking you, hey, where, <laughs> you know, you got something to eat today? <laughs> what you want to do? You're not, you got to drown out all that noise. I was like, and once you get to that space... You know, I'm mostly a 9 a.m. or of a person that I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, I can get into my flow. Um, there are times where I'm ready to go at 6 a.m., 7 a.m. I'm already in that workflow mode. But, you know, it, it's just not by nature. You know, it's not like, oh, I wake up and I'm ready to design. It's not how it works for me. Um, so I was really interested in knowing, like, you know, you guys sleep, health, life and all that. And I was like, man, I was always curious to see how you guys manage that um especially i mean matt you're on you're on the west coast so you know you're you're you know i would always envision like matt potty gets up goes for a run <laughs> you know comes back <laughs> pours his coffee you know you know and, and just kind of living that west coast life you know and you know i i try to do it for a little bit while i was out there get up early go run on because we lived five minutes outside of venice so I could have like I you know the one time I did do it I took the took a taxi darted out there and went for a run on the beach man and it was the most I gotta tell you man it was the most peaceful experience ever man and I know I've seen it in movies I'm like Psh, runs on the beach but when you actually do it bro it is like wow you see that sun and that water it's just nothing else matters man and. and to me, it stays with me because I'm like, I, I kind of close my eyes sometimes and go back to that place in time. And that gets me to just kind of, all right, let's do this, you know, because I it's for the experiences, man. And I, I have to say, I've been blessed enough that this industry being in this in this creative mind, uh, industry mind, like I've been blessed, man. It's taken me to places that I never thought I could be, rooms with people that I never thought I could meet. Um, taking moments in time, conversations with people that, you know, if I didn't do this, like, could I? I don't know. You know, I mean, and, and money's not really what the driving factor's ever been. It's always been pleasing, uh, not just internally myself, but overall the happiness and joy that I would bring the other the, to the people that are, you know, asking this of me, you know, and being there for them. Um, that that's kind of like my long-winded answer when it comes to that man and i i think along the way i picked up some of those uh attributes that you guys have like shown me uh you know and it hasn't been spoken you know i i don't have to be like hey matt so i'm with a paper pack how do you do that it's it's just kind of watching and seeing and like all right you know that's that's how he handles that okay you know change my approach you know and, and i'm glad that i've kind of taken those lessons and absorbed them well once again guys thank you for for the, the just being so gracious with us and uh to all our listeners uh thank you so much for tuning in as uh we're wrapping up our, our show for for today the American Experience with Ernesto Palomino is presented by Maximon Media Group.